With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Dude, we're getting like a massive hailstorm here right now. And I don't know how, we're getting like a massive hailstorm here right now. And my mic's picking it up. Oh, really? Okay. I, it's it's definitely on the recording, but I don't know if it's just going to be a little background noise or... You're listening to The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? Welcome to another episode of The Dig. I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy. We don't really have a lot to talk about today, Jeremy. I'm not sure how we're going to fill the time. <laughs> Yeah, we'll try and scrape something up. I don't know. Yeah, this NBA offseason is a dud, you know. I'm almost, it's almost getting to the point where the offseason is becoming as much fun as the regular season. <laughs> 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 this like last 24 hours has been bonkers. Um, it's also it's also the, really helpful when you make it far enough in the playoffs where your offseason begins when actually interesting things happen in the offseason. So I'm definitely uh, enjoying how far we made it this year. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so we have a lot to get to. We want to focus mostly on what the ramifications are for the nuggets from what's happened. Um, there's obviously a lot of movement with free agents, um, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn, probably headlining that. By the time this podcast is released, um, Kawhi Leonard may have decided where he's going to play. Uh, That could really shake things up, especially if he heads west um, and have a dramatic effect on the Nuggets' outlooks for next season. Um, What are your, Jeremy, overall thoughts about what we've seen so far? Any impressions, any just general takes on the first day of free agency? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the most critical point is that it feels more open. The path to the championship feels more open than it has in how long? What, f- five years? At least since Golden State started on their run. And I was yeah. thinking back, like, I mean, even before that, you had the Miami super team. Uh, before that, you had the Spurs on their roll where they won, what, five in 11 years or something like that. Um, and the Lakers were really dominant uh, for, a, for a part of that as well, if we go back even a little further. Uh, when, like, the last time the Nuggets were any good with the Mellow teams, um, or at least where they had sustained success, uh, you know, they kept, they kept hitting up against the Lakers. So this does yeah. seem like the first time in quite a while that there is... It, at least at the moment, and depending on where Kawhi goes, if he goes to the Lakers, uh, this conversation might change a little bit. If he doesn't go to the Lakers, things are looking pretty wide open. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm having I'm having trouble even putting the Warriors above the Nuggets right now, and and the Nuggets to me have slipped. <laughs> so if the Nuggets mm-hmm. have slipped, then what does that mean about the Warriors being below them? I don't. I, I still have them above them. We'll have to wait and see how everything shakes out. But, um, you know, like, 
Houston, you would nominate, I think, naturally to to take over. Uh, but we don't know what's going on there, too. So there's like it, it's so hard to get a bearing on anything. But that confusion is so relieving. Like, again, when was the last time we had confusion as far as who is going to be dominating in the West? So, um, yeah, and amidst refreshing. all of this term. Yeah, totally. Because amidst all of this turmoil, we have the Nuggets who are are building a core here that's going to be together now for, you know, the better part of a decade. Uh so we're going to get into this in a, in a bit, but I mean, Jamal Murray's uh, extension makes him a nugget for six more seasons. Yeah. Jokic is under a long-term deal. So we have our team in place and this is the same team we've had for now, you know, three years. Uh, the nuggets are hoping that that continuity and the youth that they have on their side and the new talent that's coming in is going to be enough uh, to, to build a winner and that they didn't need to go out and, and get a big free agent. I mean, the truth be told too, it, you know, it's very likely that they didn't have any f- big name free agents who wanted to come to Denver. I mean, it's, that's just the realities of being in a, a small market uh, with these guys that are really focused on trying to build a brand. They have other outside interests besides basketball, um, especially guys like Kevin Durant who are, you know, really thinking more long-term about, what they're going to do after basketball being in a place like New York is a big deal for them. Um, I do kind of, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting though, that you still have the warriors. I, I'm not even signing D'Angelo Russell. I'm not convinced they're a playoff team. Well, I I've always held, I've always held that Curry is their number one and that Draymond is their number two. So the fact that that hasn't changed and those two guys are healthy. Well, Okay. <laughs> let, let me let me take that back. Uh, when KD showed up, I put him at number two. Um, but but I mean, it, it's just um, it was almost more of like to me. It was always the big two of Curry and Draymond, and and Clay fell in below that. Clay is a extremely useful utility player. To me, Draymond is part of that core that is is so important to their offense and their defense. So. KD was just like another layer of of that of the core, um, but the fact that you have Curry and Draymond there to me is just such a um, such a game changer. And and I actually really like. I was really caught off guard by the D'Angelo Russell deal, but um, I actually really kind of like that for them because I think now we have a vacuum of fifty points a game between KD and Clay being out. Um, and if they're able to throw D'Angelo in there and get anywhere close to 25 points a game, um, that's a guy who, for coming off of a season where he averages 25 points a game or whatever it is he gets, um, actually a pretty cheap long-term contract that they can easily trade away and get good value back. So that actually does seem like a wise choice to me. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to um, I'm not ready to throw them under the Nuggets, um, but it will be curious to see. You know what ha- what happens with cousins, um, and what happens with the rest of their roster. I mean, suffice it to say, the Warriors' empire <laughs> is uh, is crumbled. Right, um, right. They're they're they are not even a shoe in for the playoffs next year. Let alone, I, I mean, I don't I don't think anybody has them as a championship contender. 
um, next season unless Clay comes back and is the old Clay. But I mean, I think if you just look at their roster, even and you say, okay, all these guys are he- perfectly healthy. They're going into the playoffs, including Clay Thompson. Not so sure that that's anybody's favorite to win there to come out of the West. Um, dude, we're getting like a massive hailstorm here right now. And what's that? I don't know how I'm, we're getting like a massive hailstorm here right now. Oh, and my I'm mic's picking anything. it up. Oh, really? Okay. I it's it's definitely on the recording, but I don't know if it's just going to be a little background noise or. All right. So while the rest of the league has been climbing over each other to get to these huge <laughs> big name free agents, the Nuggets pretty much stood pat. They're going to run it back with with the core that we have. Uh, they've solidified that by extending Paul Millsap for one more year, picking up his team option. Uh, they've extended Jamal Murray by five years. That deal starts after the next season. So it's a six year deal where he's locked up for six years. And we have some some rookies uh, who will hopefully be making an impact this year. Michael Porter Jr. Uh, leading the way, uh, potentially a little bull bull. We'll see what, how his health is. And of course, Jared Vanderbilt, who we're hoping um, to see some improvement from this year and, 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 and to be somebody who can really make an impact. But more or less, they're running it back. Uh, there could still be a free agent move coming. They have a close to a $10 million team exception uh, to the salary cap that they could use to bring in like a, a mid-tier free agent. Uh, we'll see if a move's made there. But essentially, the team that we saw last year, the team that we've had for a few years now, is the team that we're going to have in place here now for the foreseeable future, unless something dramatic changes. Yeah. I think so we said um, on the last show, we, uh, we threw out the question. Uh, I think it was a buy or sell, whether there would be a, a nugget who isn't already on the roster, who averages more than 15 minutes a game. And that's looking to be the case. <laughs> At least the percentage chance that, that, that changes now is is really low. Like you said, maybe right. they do something with that that ten million, but um, it it looks like like this is more than just running it back. This is like this is almost literally every single player being the same. Will there be a player who averages five minutes or more at this point who isn't already on the roster? It's crazy. Yeah, and we'll get into uh, some of the free agents that are still available that the Nuggets might be considering. But yeah, I mean, uh, unless there's a major shakeup or, or, you know, somebody from the current roster gets hurt next season and, and one of these um, other guys needs to step into that role, uh, whether it's a, a rookie or, or um, you know, somebody like Michael Porter Jr. getting moved into the starting lineup uh, because of his play or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's looking like we're running it back. How do you feel about that? I, I'm happy to see it. I, I mean, if you've been listening to the show at all, you know that I've been I've been basically expecting this and and basically happy to, to see it happen. Um, I mean, we're going to get into more details um, on a more uh, specific level with the different players. But just like overall, um, we were in a position where we had some flexibility, but, you know, Honestly, the the pretty much the only free agent that really made sense that is worth keeping, you know, the the doors open for was KD, uh, who 
who uh, <laughs> I really do feel is crazy enough to randomly just pick the Nuggets kind of out of any of these contenders. Um, but very low percentage, and, and it's worth keeping the flexibility open for. Other than that, there just wasn't much that I saw that, that we could do that wouldn't actually potentially sacrifice what we have as a team, let alone try and make it better. It, it was it, it was like a Jenga stack to me, and it, a lot of these pieces that a lot of fans have been throwing out there that they'd love to see on our team, I feel like not only are probably just sidesteps rather than improvements, but you're risking actually um, taking the entire team down a notch for for going after these guys. And then yeah, you're, so let's get you're in. giving up seeing what, what could be through growth and through uh, our young guys getting healthy, MPJ and, and Bandy. Yeah, so let's get into some of the specific deals and how we feel about it in fill in the blank. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Jeremy, fill in the blank. Bringing Millsap back for $30 million this upcoming season is blank. Bringing Millsap back for $30 million is money in the bank. Well, it's money in his bank. <laughs> no, 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 no. My entire point is that it's money in our bank because we get a, another season of seeing where this team can go, and it means $30 million are falling off the books next offseason, which means we're in a position to really do something about our team. Now, at this point, that's basically going directly from Millsap's wallet to uh, Jamal Murray's, but then all of a sudden you're you're forgetting everybody else's plumly, a few other guys, that's going to be roughly uh, $24 million, I think it is, somewhere between 24 and 26 All right, so bringing Millsap back for $30 million for next season is fine. It's fine. Uh, it's not my money. Um, there wasn't anybody else they were going to use that money for. Uh, Tobias Harris was somebody that we were talking about a little bit. A lot of Nuggets fans were talking about. Um, he got $180 million for five years. Uh, yeah. No thanks. Um, it's not worth that. And, the, you know, they, there would have had to even have been mutual interest. There was There was a little bit of a rumor that Tobias Harris may have had some interest in in Denver. Um, there were something, some talks that may have happened. I don't even know that that's confirmed. Um, but there's no way the Nuggets were going to sign him to that kind of a deal. And especially once the Jamal Murray extension broke, you know that it becomes clear that you know the Nuggets weren't weren't going to have the money to sign somebody like Tobias Harris to a max, you know, five year long term deal. So, um, so the money for Millsap was there, uh, and I, I think. They in this instance, they just went with continuity for the team. They, you know, Millsap has an important role in this team. He is their veteran leader. Uh, as we've talked about all season uh, for the last year, his importance on defense can't be understated. 
um, and what he does for uh, Jokic and making you know Jokic able to do the things that he does on offense, um, and 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 to be able to be a competent defensive player um, largely requires what Millsap does. So. So Millsap has an important role on this team, even though he is a diminished player and he's definitely not worth in a vacuum $30 million with the Nuggets situation when there, when there really wasn't another free agent probably that was willing to come to Denver who would, who would get a huge contract like that, then there's no problem with the Nuggets paying him that for a year and keeping his team together and running it back. Right. Yeah. It's, I get a little frustrated with, uh, some more of the negative takes um, with Millsap and his worth to our team. Uh, again, not necessarily putting a money value to it, but uh, the the hill that they've climbed over the past two seasons, people people believe that that now exists like on its own, that that success is there, and now they can just swap out Millsap. That success will still be there, and they can add a piece that will take – add even more success to it. And, and there's just no truth to that whatsoever. Um, when you get Millsap out of there, his part, his role in that success that they've had over the past two seasons goes with him. And, and so th- the idea that somebody can fill it all up and add to it is just such a, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but you're dealing with, with, you have no data on this. You have no possible idea how, how that could wind up actually working. And that's why I keep going back to this idea of a, a Jenga set because, because you likely, I'm not, I won't even say likely, that's my, that's my take, but let's get more neutral. You very possibly destroy that mountain of success by bringing in a Julius Randle or, or somebody else um, and all of a sudden you're setting the team backwards as opposed to, to bringing it forwards or, or even keeping it the same. You know, this team, if they are completely the same, will, will still be, <laughs> A, interesting to watch, B, in the playoffs, but they're going to be better, right? You talked before about uh, they're banking on the youth and the progress this team makes. Even though it's the same roster, we should be seeing an improvement from these um, players, not just from their own personal talent perspective, but also from how they they click together and how they learn to in, increase. We saw big strides Jokic took going into last season defensively. Is, is now Jamal Murray? Are now they going to be able to maybe work with that a little bit more? Who knows? Yeah, and it's not that they're not adding anything. Um, well, <laughs> Bull Bull is a very interesting prospect, and I'm excited to see what they have there, but. Let's imagine that the Nuggets had the first pick in the draft this year and they drafted Zion Williamson. Would everyone be saying, oh, the Nuggets didn't get any better because they didn't get a free agent? Like, no, obviously, obviously not. You would, you'd be excited about Zion. Will- well, we have Michael Porter Jr. coming. He, he was, he's a first pick of the draft talent. Um, and we haven't seen him play yet. If he's right. healthy, we are adding, you know, potentially the, the best player of his draft class. To, to the team this year. Right. So there are some unknowns there, obviously with his health, that's been the case with his situation the whole time, but with him, with Jared Vanderbilt and with bull bull, who a lot of people still think was a lottery talent. Uh, and again, there's some health issues there, but if the health issues aren't a concern, you know, there's some definite interesting prospects that are coming some, some real improvement that could be coming uh, just from these young guys. 
Yeah, and it, just for the record, I, I'm not sure what role Bull Bull will have this next season. So, not saying he's going to be completely redshirted, but I, I'm just not sure how much of an impact he might be. That guy we we're talking about at five minutes yeah. a game or something like that, and even that might be optimistic. No, no, yeah, right. Or, or we might, yeah, we might see some more uh, Thomas Welsh or something like that this year that we didn't see last year. I mostly, mostly it's Michael Porter jr. That really could be an impact player for this team. And then, and then Jared Vanderbilt, right. um, there's we'll just, have there's to see how his development comes along, people. but we, right. We might get Ch- uh, Chanchar in here. Uh, but even if we do, it's going to be a really small role that he might get. Um, you know, we might even have Lyles coming back. We, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> what role will he have? Oh, what's not uh, now that now that Vanderbilt and Michael Porter Jr. are healthy? And same goes for Wancho. Uh, apparently, a lot of Wancho's uh, lacking performance towards the end of last season was injury related. What happens now that he's healthy again? Like, and again, Michael Porter Jr. and Vanderbilt are back. So, uh, yeah, not much, not much room there for for anything outside of of. Well, Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt. Right. right. I want to pick up on something you said, too, because I think you, you made a strong point about how a lot of people. I, I don't know if this comes from like a generation of video game players or yeah. people that have have maybe taken advanced metrics and statistics too far or something where they, they don't see people like these players as people. They see them as numbers. So it's like, well, if we Millsap is averaging 12 points a game and six rebounds, if we take him out and we put in a guy who's averaging 19 points and 11 rebounds, the Nuggets are now going to score seven more points a game. Right. <laughs> like, that's that's not how this works. Like, right. These are these are human beings. They're a team. They have chemistry. They have ways that they play together effectively, ways that they don't play together effectively. That all takes time to develop. And people forget this. Miami didn't win a championship their first year with the big three. Even with that much talent, even assembling that ridiculous core, some as good of a core as we've ever seen in the NBA, they didn't just they didn't just put it together in one year. Like it takes time to develop team chemistry and for people to learn how to play with each other, no matter how much talent they have. Right. So as you said, it's not yeah, it's not a matter of just let's well let's take this guy out and put this other guy who's a better player in there. It's in a vacuum, it might seem like that's the case, but I think. I think your your point about how the Nuggets have built a winner over the last two, three seasons and Millsap has been a big part of that shouldn't be lost on anyone. That this isn't – you can't just look at the numbers with him. Uh, there is more going on and he has more value than just the points that he scores or the rebounds that he gets. Yeah, right. Actually working that back in, the, the Nuggets' current level of performance is not money in the bank. That's not something that you can then just swap swap something out because it's there's money in the bank and then add to it. So going back to it, bringing Millsap back for thirty million is money in the bank to me. Um, the the talent level of this roster is not. It's completely dependent on every single one of these players staying and being here to perform the way they did before. Yeah, and the only reason that I said that bringing him back is fine and I'm not a little more excited about it. I am, I am happy to have him back for sure. I I guess I just, I was really hopeful that they could get him back on a, a longer term deal for less money. 
Um, and I, so I don't know, I, you know, what, what kind of negotiations went on there. It's, you know, maybe there's some kind of a handshake deal here, like that Millsap's going to, uh, you know, sign for a team friendly deal after this 30 million deal is up or something, you know, something like that. We really yeah, don't there know. Could be. There could be what kinds of conversations go on. Yeah. Behind closed doors and, and, um, and or just what what the Nuggets had to do. I mean, it could be that Millsap told them it's thirty million or nothing, or I'm walking. I mean, we don't, we really don't yeah. know. Um, so I, I think more than likely, my what my gut tells me is just Connolly really is trying to build a sense of team here. He really is big on loyalty and trying to get these guys to feel like they are a unit and that the the organization believes in the in this group. Yeah, and I mean, and bringing Millsap back on his full deal is part of that, and part of establishing a reputation for the the team that they take care of their guys. And, and I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and that was why I had um, in one of our previous episodes, I had Millsap at fifteen percent chance that uh, we pick up his uh, his third year option. Um, it was everything that you just hit on. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that, but also I think it also has to do with the numbers where things are just being set up more for next offseason. I mean, just think of if they did sign him to a deal that I think would have been somewhere, you know, around $18 million for maybe two years or something like that, um, $18 million annually. Um, going into next offseason, uh, now that we've signed Murray to uh, his extension – and having Millsap on the books for seventeen million would have, or eighteen million would have made next season really not as interesting. So you know, you just look at what happened afterwards. This, the yeah. second we we know that we have Millsap uh, not on our books for next year, thirty million sliding off. All of a sudden, we get Jamal Murray uh, signing an extension. So I think a lot of these things are shaping up more for the future of the Nuggets financially than than anything else. All right, well, that's a good segue into our next fill-in-the-blank. Jamal Murray's $170 million extension is blank. Money spent, unfortunately. That's money that's gone that's never going to come back. Um, <laughs> I'm, wow. not, I'm not a fan of this. Um, I do not think that Jamal Murray has earned this. It, it, that even sounds stupid for me to say it. I don't, nobody thinks that Jamal Murray earned this. Uh, this is being paid on potential, and I hate contracts that are paid on potential. That's what rookie-scale contracts are for. It, like, uh, it, it's it's frustrating to me, and it seems like a real deviation from the way that they've handled their numbers previously. I It, it is what it is, I guess. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that he's on the team. But I just I really felt like they should have come at this next next offseason. Um, ah, it's All money right. spent that will never get back. What about you? Yeah, Jamal Murray's one hundred one hundred and seventy million dollar extension is a small market reality, I think. Um, okay. And what I mean by that is to keep guys on this team and to keep them from walking in a small market like Denver, where you're not going to attract free agents. You got to overpay him. We had to overpay Paul Millsap to get him here. There was there wasn't another team that was going to give him thirty million a year at the point that he was at in his career. I don't think. Um, and they, I don't think there's another team in the league that would have kept him on a team option for thirty million this season if they had signed that contract two years ago. So uh, that's just the reality 
of being in Denver. And I think when the Nuggets front office is looking at this, they're saying, okay, we got, we got Jokic locked up. We have, we have one, we have a superstar that has decided that he wants to be here and he's not your traditional superstar. And he's not a guy like KD or LeBron who have these kind of larger, like media aspirations, at least as far as we know, or maybe, maybe he does, but he's, you know, at least he's content with, with being where he's at for right now. Um, so he's, he doesn't need to be in New York or LA or something like that. Apparently. Um, so if you have Jamal Murray come to you and he's like, you know, yeah, I really want to sign an extension, but we need to do it this year. Uh, or I might leave. I, I can understand from the Nuggets perspective. and I'm not even saying Jamal Murray held, held a gun to their head or anything like that. But, but I think from as a management team for a small market, I think they just saw the opportunity to lock something up here that they may not get if they wait a year. And I know, so Murray would have been a restricted free agent next year. Um, but the salary cap would also, the salary cap is what dictates how much a max level contract can is. That's why I've heard a lot of people that are upset because Murray's going to be making more than Jokic now. Um, that's just because the salary cap is going to be higher this right. next year than when Jokic signed basically. Right. Yeah. Um, so Murray can make make more with his max deal than Jokic could make. Um, and if somebody signed a max deal next year, they're going to make more than Murray uh, made this year, for example. So um, so that's not really – yeah, it, w- it wasn't like a disrespect issue or something like that. or that It's not a reflection of the fact that the Nuggets feel like Jamal Murray is more important than Jokic. I, I would right. – um, I'm pretty confident in saying that without having talked to anybody specifically. But <laughs> – um, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, I think they saw what this team did this year that they, they had a great run as a very young team and they just, you know, it's like what, okay. So if you lose, if, if Murray walks next year or let's say Murray has a down year this year and you go, I, he's just not going to be worth max money. We're not going to, you know, it, it, and you take that risk and then you go into next off season where the free agent market isn't nearly what it was this year. And you know how hard it is to bring free agents to Denver and that you have to overpay them anyway. You know, I, I kind of understand the risk. Like, and it is, it is a risk. Um, and you, you've pointed that out is that they're paying him for potential. I mean, Jamal Murray has not even been an all-star yet, right? We're, we're talking about max money. We're, so to put this in perspective, Clay Thompson's deal is five years, 190 million. Clay Thompson has won three championships into five finals. And he's going to be making a couple million more a year than Jamal Murray, who hasn't even been to an all-star game yet. So, so this is like big, 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 big time money for Jamal Murray I, I also do think there's an element of, of pressure that gets added here now. And I, I don't know how Murray's going to handle that. I'm, I'm, I hope, I hope that this will make him a better player. I hope he's, he's going to see that the team, you know, ha- has his back. They're fully confident in him developing into a superstar, but this is superstar money and he has to deliver on being a superstar or this is potentially a catastrophic signing for the nuggets. I mean, this could, this could go like Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker sort of territory if he doesn't pan out. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting comparison because their, their big other guy who is a performer is, uh, you know, Carl Anthony towns. And so the amount of history between him and Jokic and everybody trying to compare them, 
and us being happier that we wound up with Jokic, it, it's almost kind of like you do, you don't lose by having six years, six more years of Jokic and uh, and Murray. Um, but the entire purpose of exploding the George Carl Nuggets was to you know quote unquote build a, a championship roster to to not be good but to be great. And and the question is, did we just settle for good or not? And and we don't know. As you pointed out, uh, being a small market team, maybe this is the best the best swing that you can take, and we'll see. But uh, yeah, two things you actually brought out positive things w- about this is it shows Jamal Murray wants to be here, and that's really kind of cool to to yeah. to see. Like he was going to make a lot of money no matter where he went. And the fact that he stayed here and signed this now is, is good to hear. Um, uh, but I mean, that's that's the positive side is is maybe it's not so great for a roster, but it's cool to see at least from Jamal Murray's aspect that he wants to be here and wants to play here. Um, and that says something about Jamal Murray, which which every fan should be happy with. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely great as, as fans like you know, we've got a we've got a core in place of guys who want to be here. You know, they of their own free will. Like, you know, it wasn't, we, these weren't guys that we acquired like via trade or something like that. I mean, they didn't have to sign these deals. They could have tested free agency. Um, they could have demanded a trade, or you know, just they could have made it clear to the Nuggets they didn't want to be back. You know, and even as unrestricted or as restricted free agents, you know, maybe they could have made life difficult on the Nuggets. I mean. As far as we can tell, that's not what happened. We have some really talented young guys who want to be here, and they want to be here for a long time and win a championship together. And that's exciting. I mean, I think as, as a fan, like I, I kind of feel like that's all you can hope for. Like we have we have a group together. They they played above expectations last year. There's a lot of potential still here. We have a, a lot of young talent that we are still exploring, and it's all it's all together now for years to come. Like we we know we, what to count on. You know whose jerseys to buy, <laughs> et cetera. So I, I'm excited about that. And I think as a Nuggets fan, that's that's kind of all I, I could hope for. And we're not that we're not stuck in some sort of purgatory where we're just constantly shuffling, you know, mid-level free agents around on this team and 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 hoping to get lucky with like the next, you know, LeBron James or something in the draft. Right. Right. Next fill in the blank. The best free agent fit still available for the Nuggets is blank. Emmanuel Moutier. What? No, I'm just kidding. That, oh no, my. of course not. <laughs> After, <laughs> uh, that would be really funny, though. Nene <laughs> is also available, by the oh. way. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I don't think the Knicks are going to be as bad as everybody thinks they're going to be. Putting that out who? there. The Knicks? Yeah, they're going to be worse. No. They're probably going to be the worst team in the history of basketball. Completely disagree. All right. We'll talk about that in our upcoming season predictions episode in four months. Um, my initial thought was Danny Green. Um, some defense and some shooting. Every team needs that. I don't know what his price tag is going to be. It seems like the Nuggets might be able to make him work, though, from... From what I've heard, um, you know, he may get around a eight to ten million dollar deal or something like that. I think the Nuggets can make that happen if they wanted to. But I kind of I'm, I think I'm going to go in a different direction and say Marcus Morris. 
Um, I've always been impressed by him, just kind of the intangible quality of his game with Boston. Uh, yeah, he's a productive player. He averaged like 15 and nine last year, something like that. Can shoot a little bit. He plays good defense. Um, you know, just kind of, I don't know. He just, he's just, he just has always struck me as a winner. This isn't really like a real tangible thing I can, I can throw out there, but he's a, he's a six, nine, nine guy that plays hard and plays smart and he's won. He's he been to the playoffs nine? a number of times. What's that? Is he only six, nine? Yeah. Oh, I've always yeah, thought of him as being a, tall. Like a power forward, but yeah, he's, yeah. So he's kind of right in there, like the, you know, Millsap size. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that could be maybe an interesting fit. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind a little bit of insurance behind Millsap. Uh, we don't know exactly what Jared Vanderbilt's going to give us. Um, and if, you know, if Millsap, he's been injured every year he's been here. I don't know that we want to assume that a, a year older Millsap isn't going to be injured again next year. So maybe a little backup there, some kind of an insurance policy might be good. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, you said it, it Danny Green to me. Um, mm-hmm. He's the he's three and D. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what the Nuggets need. So, uh, I mean, just imagine how these playoffs would have gone with with him on the roster. Um, I mean, San Antonio would have been different. Probably wouldn't have gone to seven games. Um, you know, Portland definitely would have been different. Uh, he would have had a huge impact on that series. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't want him <laughs> just for the record. I, d- I don't want any of these free agents out there. I want Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and I want um, Vanderbilt. I want those guys to get as much time as possible. And again, as we said in the last episode, I think the only place to hide Will Barton is in the starting lineup. So, um so I, that's our team to me. It's it's Barton starting, and it's Michael Porter Jr. getting as many minutes as he can. Yeah, but backing him up. I mean, would you? Wouldn't you rather have Danny Green than Will Barton starting, for example? Well, if if I could get Will Barton off our team, yeah. But I don't. So want that's what I'm. Th- that's what I'm saying is like, if you can bring somebody in, even if you have to stick them on the bench for the first couple months while you're letting some other other things work themselves out, like. You know, why not do it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if a player like Danny Green is going to need an assurance from the team that he's going to be starting, you know, so, you know, maybe you let you let Barton start the season. You really try to coach him up, pat him on the back, tell him how great he is, give him as many minutes as he can. uh, And hopefully he plays well so that you can trade him. Uh-huh. You know, something, something like that. And then you have, you know, then you have somebody on your bench you can bring in and now you're starting Danny Green or something instead of Barton. I mean, I, in other words, like, I don't ever think it hurts to have talent on the team. Like, if they have the money to spend, if it was like a two-year deal or something like that, that was a reasonable amount of money with, you know, and then, and then there was some expectation that maybe another move would follow either this year or next year, like like getting rid of Barton or something something like that um then I, I i could maybe see it happening yeah i like no i i just i, I don't see it i don't see any of that playing out as far as like 
Danny Green kind of fitting in and kind of sharing with Barton and Michael Porter Jr. kind of getting some minutes in there like that. There's n- there's no way those things combine together to me that that work out in any realistic way. So, um, yeah, I, I, again, best fit, Danny Green. Do I want it? No. I mean, this is just this is very defeatist. You're just saying we're stuck with Barton. Well, okay, I, no, no, no. Why? The, the best way out, you can always find a team to take salary on. The best way out of Barton is for him to play in the starting lineup. So that's how we get out of Barton is by cramming thirty minutes down his throat for you know the first. We might even see a trade by the trade deadline. So uh, yeah, honestly, I think that's more likely. Well, I think more likely than the Nuggets signing any kind of free agent is seeing some kind of uh, maneuvering at the trade deadline. Right. Um, Seeing where we're at, seeing what we're getting out of MPJ, seeing how Barton's playing, all those kinds of things, um, how how Vanderbilt's playing. Like, and then we might have a better sense of what we need. And it it might even, I think that's probably the smarter route too, because there could be injuries and things like that. that, We might have some holes that we need to be filling. Um, I kind of like the idea of, of just, standing pat for now, letting a bunch of other teams overspend on free agents. Right. And then making some moves during the season. Just like the draft. That's how they played the draft. Let everybody else trade, you know, hell and high water for, for a draft pick. And then sure enough, late on in the second round, when there is no value for draft picks at that point, we swooped in and we got something. So free agency, let everybody spend, spend, spend. And then come, you know, later in the season, make some trade where uh, other teams are actually like trying to jettison players because things didn't work out as much as they, they were hoping for or, or trying to take on cap room to get something else in return. But, um, but I mean, to me, the Nuggets activity at the trade deadline this year revolves completely around how Barton performs. I, I, I think Barton has to be the player basically to go because um, we're going to be in the playoffs so you can't trade, you can't trade Plumley because he's meant too much to our, our bench unit. Unless Bull Bull comes out of nowhere, which I do not expect whatsoever, and he, it's not even like the or same. Don't sleep on Thomas Welsh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, this isn't even worth going down too much. But but I my point is if if they're active at the trade deadline, it, it revolves around the fact that Barton was able to perform well enough. To to get some grease on his wheels, and and get him get him somewhere else. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be on the Knicks. That would be the perfect team for him, actually. Yeah, Knicks or the Suns. Yeah. All um, right. Given yeah. that the Nuggets haven't made any big free agent splashes, and they're running it back, the Nuggets are going to need MP- MPJ. To be blank next year. The Nuggets are going to need MPJ to be Beasley next year. He just needs to score. Hmm. Just be a threat from the perimeter. Just be a six foot ten Beasley is is what they need from him. They don't need him to be a, a top ten player. They don't need him even to outperform other rookies and be the rookie of the year. They just need a guy who is a reliable shooting threat. That. That was huge for us uh, in the playoffs, that, that we didn't have that. And Beasley sometimes was hot, 
and sometimes he wasn't. Other guys were often really cold. Just to have another guy in there who, if he's hot, can be putting in a lot of points uh, and at a position where it's useful to have him out there as a, a small forward uh, or, or a power forward, that works. So all, all I want to see is a guy who's maybe shooting, you know, over 38% from the three-point line who who can get some some points at uh, the other stages too, at the basket or mid-range shots. Yeah, similar for me. Uh, the Nuggets are going to need MPJ to be healthy next year. That's really <laughs> it, I think, because Just his be size there. and his shooting, yeah, his size and his shooting is going to make him a weapon for them. Like you said, I mean, really, they don't need... They don't need to build the, the team around him next year. They already have a playoff team in, in place. They have a team that almost went to the Western Conference Finals in place without him. Um, all they need from him is to be 6'11", or whatever he is, with his like 7'5 wingspan or whatever, and to hit some threes off the bench, and he's going to be a huge asset for them. I mean, in my wildest dreams, I imagine a starting five in the playoffs that includes Michael Porter Jr. at small forward. Like, I love that idea. It's probably not going to happen this year. I realize it's a pipe dream, but I mean, I think even as we project into two years from now, three years from now, that's the team that they want. And it's if he is even 90% of what his ceiling is at some point in the next couple of years, um, and, and, he, and he's able to stay on the court, then they're going to be a, a real championship threat. But it's a big unknown. I don't know. It's exciting. Um, that's, I think, what really has me excited about, about this next season. It's just going to be Michael Porter Jr. Like, we, we know pretty much what to expect now. I mean, Jamal Murray's progression, I think, is something else I'll be watching closely. I'm really hoping that he can take a step forward in, in his defense specifically and get more consistent as a shooter and a playmaker. But but we have like like I was saying before, you know, essentially we're adding the first pick in the draft to this team if he's healthy. So, yeah, I almost wonder, it's, like, it's hard to not be excited about that. I, I wish more fans would appreciate that we're in the middle of an upward trend. It's not it's not stagnating mm-hmm. this season. We're not going to be we shouldn't be the same. It, we're in an upward trend. Plus, with Michael Porter Jr. and Vanderbilt coming in, that we should we should expect more. There should be more there to have, more progress to make. Now, granted, other teams got better just by adding free agents or things like that, yes. But we should still be performing better than we did even last year. And I wonder if it has to do, you know, the mellow era, we definitely threw in lots of older pieces along the way. And it was like an older team, and there wasn't an expectation that just by adding another year, uh, that we were going to be getting better. You think of, you know, um, who are our free agents? We got Marcus Camby. You know, he was already older. Kenyon Martin. Yeah, Kenyon Martin. Um, Chauncey you, Billups, Allen Iverson. They were all guys right, that were right. yeah, so, older. So I, I guess maybe there is that feeling of when the offseason comes, like maybe fear and panic because you're not going to be better the next season automatically. You need to do something to get better. You need to make a move to get better. We're not in that position. We really are in the position just by keeping this roster together. We should be better next season. I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. I, I'd be curious to see somebody, you know, fight, argue that point. 
but we yeah, should Yeah, I mean, be the only argument, season. I mean, I, I'm just imagining, well, so what's the worst case scenario next year? Uh, but let's let's not even let's not include injuries because obviously injuries can happen to anybody. So that's just a freak thing. But like, barring a catastrophic injury to Jokic or something like that, the the worst thing that happens next year is that Jamal Murray stays the same. You know, he's a, he's a really young player. He's not going to get worse. I think we're seeing. I I I believe we, we there's more to come from from Murray. I th- I think we're going to see him improve. Um, and I, I think the Nuggets really believe that, and that's why they gave him the extension. I don't; they're not paying him for what he did last year. They're they're paying him for what he could become, what they think he will become. Uh, so, worst case scenario is he doesn't become that next year. He doesn't make any progress next year. He shoots thirty three percent from three and seventy nine percent from the line, and averages you know seventeen points a game or something. And he kind of, and we're all just kind of scratching our head. That's probably worst case. And Malik Beasley, maybe maybe next year he has a bad year, and it turns out he was just a flash in the pan. Maybe Michael Porter Jr.'s back isn't right, and he ends up being on and off the disabled list all year. I mean, those are the kind of question marks in my mind. If all of those things happen, if Barton's bad again, this is still a playoff team, isn't it? Sorry, what was that? This is this even if those things happen, this is still a playoff team, isn't it? Right. Well, that's a good question. So now what are your expectations? Well, my expectations now have been set high by this team because because they're so young, it seems like they should build on what they did last year. Now, that doesn't well, I mean, mean specifically we can say, well, they're just going to go to the West, Western Conference Finals next year. Right. Because that's is, like the next step up or something. Well, like, what is it? What 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 it what is the point that they get to that makes you feel like um good <laughs> like yeah I mean I good about them I I think I think what will make me feel good about them next year will will kind of happen it'll have more to do with how individual players are performing I fully expect the team to be right in the thick of the playoff hunt. I don't. I don't even want to go into seeding yet because there's still too many unknowns with how things are going to shake out with free agents and stuff like that to start projecting about seeding and, and and whatever. But but basically, if the Nuggets are getting into the playoffs and they are very competitive and and and, and playing well, they win a series or two. That this kind of thing I think is now moving forward the the expectation for every season. With yeah, a I, chance that if they br- if everything comes together for them correctly, that they'll have a shot at a championship run. Yeah, I have them at second round, which is what they did this last year. To me, if they make the second round mm-hmm. this upcoming season, I'm going to be happy with them. I'm going to feel like the season was a success. And, you know, we I, I think we leapfrogged. We went from being out of the playoffs to to winning the first round in the playoffs. And I think it's okay to not expect another step forward, but to actually just match what they did. You know, they should have been in the playoffs two years ago, but they didn't make it. Last year, they make it and they go two rounds deep. I think this year, honestly, if you look at the way the trend curve is going, they should be at two rounds deep. Yeah, I mean... I, it's hard to not expect that, you know. Once <laughs> once you get there with a young team, it, it just seems like inevitably things should improve next year. But 
you know, unfortunately, that's just not the way it, it goes. And you're seeing that reflected in how a lot of these teams are building right now. Like, you know, with the Thunder, for example, like when they had the when they had Kevin Durant and and Westbrook, even Harden and, you know, those kind of early days, it seemed like they were going to have like a 10 year championship window. And that all closed on them very quickly, <laughs> free agency. Um, and I think a lot of teams kind of learned a lesson from that, uh, where they realize like you, you gotta, you gotta just try to win like now, or, 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 you know, maybe you have a two year window, three year window. You're, you basically, your window is as long as you have guys signed for at this point. Um, so we might say the nuggets have a championship window of five years right now where they have this core locked up. Um, but even that is not, you know, a lot of things can change in, in five years, a lot. So, I do think there is some pressure for the Nuggets to continue to improve that they can't just they can't have like a five year plan in the NBA, I don't think, because of the nature of free agency and player empowerment. I mean, these guys, you know, players are just they're empowered now to do whatever they want to go wherever they want. Um, And that's a that's a good thing overall. Uh, But it also means like as a as a fan of a team, it's kind of scary. Um because you don't know how long your, your favorite players are going to be together. So I, I don't know. I guess that's a long way of saying I, I, I kind of am more on board with the idea of trying to win a championship now. Just wh- whether that's like. So you're not happy unless they a, a win a long championship shot. this season? No, I'm not saying it's the expectation, but I think it's so wide open now in the West in the entire NBA, I mean, I think there's legitimately like eight to 10, 12 teams that have a legit shot at winning a championship that I, I, I think it would be a mistake for the Nuggets to continue to have a we're building mindset. I think it's time to have a let's win mindset. Yeah. And I don't know what that means. I'm not I'm not saying that means, yeah, go make a bunch of stupid free agent decisions or anything, anything like that. I mean, they're obviously they're they're going into this with the core that they have. That's the goal is to win a championship with this group. But I I just don't, I think it's a mistake to assume that this group in three years is going to be three years better. And, and in the finals, because that's just the natural progression of things. That's not the natural progression of things necessarily. Oh, I want to believe that's where this could be going, but there's just so many unknowns that I, I, I just feel like you, in today's NBA, you need to take the bull by the horns a little bit. I don't know. Pick a cliche. Okay. Well, in uh, cool. for the next time, next time we are doing the show, we should be at least a game or two deep in the uh, the Denver Nuggets run to the summer championship. Oh, they're winning it. They are. They're totally. What summer league can compete? Seriously, what summer league team I should say <laughs> can compete with this well, this yeah. roster? The thing is, it's always random. You know, teams teams always have these random players in there, or they have great players in there, but nothing really around them. And this is like an actually like built team. <laughs> like they have right. a structure. Like they, they actually have, have like, positions. <laughs> right.